St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death. Because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuge of the world, the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. be attentive. Glory to you, Lord, glory to you. At that time a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move hands to yonder place, and it will move, 
and nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind is not cast out except by prayer and fasting. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into hands of men, and they will kill Him, and He will be raised on the third day. Peace be to you who proclaims the Gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we hear <clears throat> that startling story of the man with his epileptic son. And the man goes to our Lord with great boldness, asking because his son, sometimes in his epileptic seizures, he goes into the fire and into the water and would be destroyed by this. And as a parent, this is a very startling story to hear. But for all of us to glean the most out of this gospel, we have to look at it from our own perspective. And I submit to you that each and every one of us is the epileptic. There are two aspects to that. He's unconscious of what he's doing, and he's harming himself and others. Does this sound a little bit more familiar to us? Again, he's unconscious of what he's doing, and he's harming himself and others. We go through life hurting the people around us, sometimes aware, but many times not even aware of the way that we hurt them. And we hurt ourselves. We cause harm to ourselves by our self-love, by the things that we think are good for ourselves that are actually harming to us. You know, as I was thinking about this gospel, I remembered when I was in grade school, my twin brother and I, we did this little skit. You've probably seen it before. There's one person standing in front with their arms behind them, and then there's the person behind them, they stick their arms through, and they do the actions of the person. That's what I thought of in my life. I feel like I'm going around in my life with these other arms doing these things. Sometimes it's just the other mouth letting out these things that I don't even... You know, we we say to ourselves, why did I say that? Why did I do that thing? But of course it's revealing this deeper truth, which is that we're all like the epileptic. Because we go through life disjointed, really dismembered. We think that we have control of ourselves, but our mind is constantly chattering, coming up with different opinions, judgments, worries, fears, thinking and rethinking and rethinking. And then there's our body, and our body is leading us to all kinds of sin. Sometimes we're so enmeshed in the sin that we think, you know, as we hear so often in our world, oh, that's just human nature. That's just how we are. But that's because our body is, we're so enslaved to our body so much that we don't even think, wait a second, do I want to do this? Is this actually good for me or does it just seem like a good thing? So our bodies are off doing their own things, our minds are off doing our own things, and then our soul is left, which our soul desires to seek God. 
but we have this body and this mind that are off doing these different things. You, uh, I'm sure you've seen this as well, those children's board books where it has a three-part page and it has like different animal heads and torsos and legs. I think that's how we are. We're flipping through, having all these different... Oh, now I have a rhinoceros head and an elephant body and an eagle legs. And this is how we go through our lives. But what is the goal, of course? The goal is that we have the same parts all together working together. The goal is that unity, that unification, the oneness. And the solution our Lord offers in the gospel today. How do we do that? How do we bring our mind and our body and our soul together as one? He says, with faith. Of course, that is a very rich word. It can mean many different things to many different people. But he says, with faith. And then he says that line that we know so well, if you have just the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. Of course, we think, well, how much faith do I have then? Because I'm not moving mountains. So I must have an even tinier, tinier portion. And, and that phrase has become so uh, well-known in our society. Oh, just the faith of a mustard seed. Oh, you can move mountains. And then we're sitting there thinking, this is some power that we should be able to access. And we can't. We think of faith as power because it's the thing that moves mountains. So it must be this power. But that's not the right way to understand it at all. Faith is a transfiguration. So what I mean by that is that we are transfigured and then the fruit of that is what we see as the result of faith. And that transfiguration occurs in our daily lives. Our Lord offers the answer in this gospel again. So what did he say at the very end to his disciples? They said, why can't we get this out? And he said, you don't have enough faith. And he explained about the mustard seed in the mountain. But then what did he say at the very end? He said, but this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. You see, our Lord gives us the answer. Prayer and fasting. But how does this connect with what I was talking about previously, about the mind doing its own thing, the body doing its own thing, and then the soul is trying to seek God? Well, we can divide those out pretty easily. Prayer is the way that we cleanse our mind. We have all the chatter that's going on in there, all of the, we can call it our ego, we can call it our whatever, the voices going on in our head, sometimes it's logis me, whatever it may be. Calming that down, quieting that, ignoring it when needed so often. That's what prayer does. So then our mind now can listen to our soul's desire for God and can then allow God to work in our mind so that what comes into our mind is of God, not of the world. And then fasting. This is the way to cut right through to our body's desires. This is the way. I've said this before, we think of fasting as a rule that we have to do this thing to be good Orthodox Christians, and it's really hard, and I don't want to do it, and I just kind of want to do my own thing. And maybe I'll cut the corners this way and all of that. Fasting is a revelation of who we are. Because only when we're fasting we realize, wow, I really, really, really want to eat that thing. Only then do I realize that. 
Because then we're not, we have this, this imposition of the church that I have to not fat eat this thing now. What we realize is it's actually not a choice. It's not a choice. My body is telling me what to do, and I do what my body says, and that's that. But then when we're faced with fasting, and we come up with all our different reasons why oh, fasting, you know, it's too hard, it's these random rules, it's all of these things, but actually all of that is our body talking. It's our body talking saying, here's why you really just need to do what I'm telling you to do. So fasting is the way that we turn our body to be in line with our mind, to be in line with our soul. All of this together is the transfiguration. And this is the transfiguration of faith. So of course I mention the word transfiguration because we have the great feast of the transfiguration. It actually began kind of yesterday evening. We had some hymns that I'll I'll read a little bit later uh, from the forefeast, because today is the forefeast of the Transfiguration. We're so excited for this feast, we have a forefeast. And then tomorrow we have the actual feast. And if for some reason you're not able to accommodate things to come to that liturgy, at least come to the Vespers tonight. Celebrate this great feast. So what is the transfiguration? We know the story. Our Lord goes up to Mount Tabor with three of His disciples and He shows them His glory. He prepares them for the horrible things that they're about to go through by witnessing His betrayal and His crucifixion and His death. So He strengthens them by giving them this image of the uncreated light as it's described, the divine energies of God. And that experience is what we experience when our mind and our body and our soul are all united together. That's what we can experience. That is what faith is, is the experience of God Himself. So this is what we can do. This is what our Lord teaches us in this Gospel. You know, St. Paul, who wrote the epistle today, he also experienced the transfiguration on the road to Damascus where he saw that the divine light, again, just as on Mount Tabor. But what does he say about this whole mishmash of our body and our mind and our soul? He says, I, what I will to do, that I don't do. And what I don't will to do, that I do. So the good news is we're in good company. We're all in this together. We're all joined together, trying to sort this out so that we have the right head and torso and legs to go back to the little kid's book. We can do this together. But it is through the work of prayer and fasting. We can become not epileptic anymore. We can become conscious of our actions. And furthermore, we can see the ways that we're harming others and harming ourselves. Then we will draw ourselves out of this epilepsy, spiritual epilepsy, into the divine light of our Lord. May we all celebrate the transfiguration together, and may we each be transfigured into His glory. Amen.